This is the Saturday to Sunday Football Podcast. This is where it all counts. This is why we're here. This is why each one of us are here. And now, here's your host. Welcome back to another edition of the Saturday to Sunday Football Podcast. I am Paul Pertichese, and this joining me this evening, following night two of the NFL Draft, is Mr. Matt Caraccio. Matt, the marathon is... Round two and round three of the NFL draft is complete. How are you doing, my friend? I'm going to tell you, man, I, I last night I totally I told you as I fell asleep at my actual laptop <laughs> while you did the show. I was so annoyed at myself. Last last night was incredible. Um, the last couple of picks coming in, obviously, were rough. It was about 12 o'clock for us. So really, really kind of kind of falling short. But uh, I was really geared up for tonight. I was really excited uh, to see what these two rounds would offer. I felt like there was a, a huge opportunity to see a lot of skill players go, and and the night didn't disappoint, to be honest with you. No, it was not. I said during the day today, I tweeted out that this was going to be the best day f- for fantasy football players of any draft day in arguably my lifetime, and it did not disappoint. The amount and the quantity and the intriguing landing spots, and talking about just straight out devastating some current players in the NFL, many of them who I had on my dynasty roster. So guys were getting picked, and I was just like, okay, carry on Johnson, Marlon Mack, Darrell yeah. Henderson, and yeah. let's just kept going on and on of guys that sort of value. But we'll get to all the fantasy ramifications down the line. But tonight really is just going to be going through in groups or blocks of five or ten picks, uh, sharing my thoughts, and then piggying back over to Matt and asking you know him to expand on anything that he found interesting in, in those groups of picks here uh, from the NFL draft rounds two and three. So so let's just get it started here. Uh, pick 33 right off the bat, you know, Cincinnati Bengals like T Higgins. I love the pick, the size, the frame. Uh, I think he's got above average to good athleticism. I know he didn't test out like that. His ability to high point, body control, ball skills, get Joe Burrow another weapon there. We don't know if AJ Green is there for the long haul, but T Higgins on the outside, Tyler Boyd on the inside. I was a fan of that a lot. Right after that, the Colts, Michael Pippen Jr., you know, another guy that man I have spoken very highly of at a USC. That ideal size and frame, you know, really good athleticism for a man his size, great play strength, the length, the physicality, the body control. He's a good route runner, you know, and good route tree, outside wide receiver. You know, he's going to be a, a fixture there for the Colts who need some upgrades at the wide receiver position. The Lions kept the, the the streak going of skill players, and they selected running back DeAndre Swift out of Georgia Matt and I's number one running back, three down player, you know, the athleticism, the burst, the problem solving skills, the cutting ability, you know, pass catching. He reminds me of Alvin Kamara, you know, so DeAndre Swift there basically going to now form a duo would carry on Johnson, but I'd expect DeAndre Swift to even lead that committee. Uh, 36, the Giants select Xavier McKinney out of Alabama. Good size and frame, good to very good athleticism, burst and movement skills, good instincts and toughness, good to very good range, got cover skills. He's solid in run support. He's versatile to play free safety, strong safety, or nickel. I think it was Ben Fennell, who's a great follow on Twitter, basically said he checks up all the boxes of what a modern-day NFL safety needs to be to, to basically uh, play defense against the – 
versatile offenses that there are. You compared him to Malcolm Jenkins. I agree wholeheartedly with Ben on that assessment. I think he's going to be a huge addition to the Giants. And then pick 37, Patriots like the Kyle Duggar from Lenore Rye. Uh, small school, great size and frame, great athleticism, speed and movement skills. Uh, he's got burst, explosiveness, play strength and toughness. He's got cover skills. He's got ball skills. He can be a starter, either free safety or uh, strong safety. And he's, uh, adds value as a returner. Man, I'm going to stop there after five only because there was a lot of intrigue there with, with some of those early picks with Higgins and Michael Pittman Jr. and DeAndre Swift. Any, any thoughts on that initial group of five there with three very intriguing skill players to start it off? Yeah, listen, I think T. Higgins, right off the bat, the Bengals get a player that I think is going to really flow nicely in terms of what Joe Burrows likes to do in terms of being a passer. I think it gives him that big, consummate target on the outside. It also sets the stage for potentially, you know, if A.J. Green and that doesn't, you know, really work out or it ends up being a situation where they are without Green for any length of time due to any reason, um, you know, T. Higgins has the opportunity to fill a similar role. He's not T. Higgins, but right now him and T. Higgins – you know, maybe able to share the same, you know, kind of movement skill space within a respective program or a respective team. So I think that there's some interchangeability there. So I think T. Higgins adds a nice piece for Joe Burrows. I'm really excited for that. I think Michael Pittman, you know, I know we're not talking about fantasy, but like I actually think this is a great spot in reality and fantasy. I really like this move. Uh, I think the Colts get a, an, an absolute um diamond in the rough so to speak but clearly they saw the shine from a a mile away taking him this high i don't i didn't see michael pittman really going this high i thought michael pittman would probably fall into the end of round two early round three i thought he was going to go somewhere where denzel mims kind of went um but you know long story short i think michael pittman is a player who was riddled with injuries throughout his college career never really saw consistency on the field but when he did get that consistency he showed the ability in the punt and return game he showed the ability on the field to do everything from short to intermediate and deep routes he won ball in the air he was able to stop short good change of direction skills i mean he really is a great player and after the catch he really is elusive in the open field so i I really like michael pittman and deandre swift to your point like listen i think again we're talking about teams searching for identities i think uh you know i think detroit really wants to have you know that dynamic running game and i think carry on johnson and the injury that occurred there i don't i don't Maybe there's something to be said about if they trust whether or not he's going to be healthy again, if he's going to come back to full strength. I think that being said, though, I also could wonder if they're using both of them in some capacity, way, shape or form. You know, DeAndre Swift is a is a very versatile back. He offers a dimension that's going to give that team the opportunity to win inside, outside and as a wide receiver. So I'm really excited about these guys. But Paul, out of these three guys, I'm most intrigued by Michael Pittman. And I think that made that clear because that was just a that was just a, a nuclear bomb of a, of an explosion, so to speak. I think in this draft so far, it was the the most surprising one of all so far. Yeah, I, I'm, you know, I'm right there with you. I, I love the fact that it, it started out that way, wide receiver, wide receiver, running back. It, it just kind of set the stage for what today was going to be all about, which was the offensive skilled players. Uh, we knew it was a deep class, and it lived up to the billing in the first three rounds of this draft, in particular rounds two and three. Let me keep this going to pick 38, the Carolina pick. 
Panthers selected uh, edge rusher Yatir Gross Matos from Penn State. He's got great size, good frame, good athleticism, movement skills, uh, good quickness, bend, and first step, great length. Uh, show average play strength and power and run support for Bree defensive end or Bree for edge rusher. He's got starter upside and he's still developing his all around game. At pick 39, the Miami Dolphins select offensive guard Robert Hunt from Louisiana Lafayette. First guard taken in this year's NFL draft. He's got ideal size and frame, good athleticism and movement skills, can play in zone or gap run schemes, four-year starter, upside to be starting. He also has got versatility, could be a right tackle or a guard. At pick 40, the Houston Texans selected defensive tackle Ross Blacklock from TCU. He's got good size and frame, good athleticism, movement skills, and lateral quickness for his weight. Average and run support, but good to very good pass rush as an upfield penetrator to cause disruption in the backfield. Uh, for retech defensive tackle, starter traits. At pick 41, the Colts selected running back Jonathan Taylor out of Wisconsin. Great size and frame. Very good athleticism, long speed burst and acceleration, great play strength, contact fidelity, good vision. patience, finishing ability. Uh, you know, I don't think he's a guy who creates a lot for himself, but in the open field, he shows average agility as well. At pick 42, the Jaguars selected LaVisca Chenault from Colorado. Good size, great frame, good to very good athleticism, even though the combine didn't show that. The movement skills, burst and speed. I love his strength and physicality, his yak or rack ability. Good body control to me. Debo Samuels clone. It's got to be used like that early in his career as he continues uh, to refine his games there. So Matt, let me bring you back in, you know, after those additional picks right there, you know, two more offensive skill players come off the board there with Jonathan Taylor and LaVisca Chenault. Any, any thoughts on Taylor to the Colts or Chenault to the Jaguars or both? No, I mean, I think, I think, well, first of all, I think Jonathan Taylor's fit with, uh, you know, with Indianapolis is a great one. I, I think that's a dynamite pick for Indianapolis. I think for all the people that own Marlon Mack, that's a, a shot in the toilet, so to speak, uh, for Marlon Mack owners. But, um, I think Jonathan Taylor is, is the type of pack that you build around. And I think that, you know, with Phillip Rivers now and like trying to build that team and trying to figure out what they're going to do, I think, you know, that's going to be an opportunity to bring Jonathan Taylor and that game up a notch. I, I think LaVisca Chenault is a really interesting player, not just because of what he does on the field, but also because I think there's going to be a presiding kind of theme here. And, and I alluded to it on Twitter when I said, you know, you're starting to see the way teams are building their entire, um, you know, wide receiver corp. You're seeing how they're building it now. When you look at a team like Jacksonville, you have the deep threat in DJ Chark. You have that intermediate threat, that threat that can work, you know, the routes and is a crisp route runner um, in terms of um, Westbrook. I think that this is where you see now what I would call the yak back, right? Like the yak back, the yards after catch back wide receiver, so to speak, who's LaVisca Chenault, the guy who can win on jet and jet sweeps, who can win in the short areas of the field, has the ability to stretch the team deep as well. So he's really a guy who can do everything from behind the line of scrimmage to the end zone. And I think these yak back type guys are really important in terms of really, really, really spreading defenses out by making sure that all those linebackers, all these hybrid players like you were talking about earlier, Paul, when we were talking about, you know, Xavier McKinney and talking about the guys like the Giants got and, um, you know, 
these are the guys that we're trying to put in conflict. And when you have guys like LaVisca Chenault on the field and you have players that are multidimensional to the point where your running back could be both a wide receiver and an interior runner, and now you're talking about your slot receiver or your split end also could be a wide receiver or even a runner themselves on jet sweeps. Now you're really putting a lot of these front seven players and cornerbacks into real conflict because you're really putting a lot on them in terms of being aware of just what's going to happen. So now those jet sweeps are really going to put guys in predicaments on the secondary level and really create those one-on-one matchups like DJ Chark going deep for Jacksonville while LaVisca Chenault's being faked on some type of jet sweep action in the backfield. It's going to really create those opportunities you know, to really go deep and win those games. So, I mean, that's an emerging theme, I think, in wide receiver um, corp development or construction now. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm right there with you. I think I think the, the fit of Chenault, and I mentioned it on Twitter when I was going through and giving my live instant analysis, the fit with Chark taking the top of defense is, is going to open up a lot to do things underneath with LaVisca Chenault and then let him use that play strength physicality and his run after the catch ability to make things happen. So really intriguing landing spots there. And obviously the Jonathan Taylor one, I mean, this year maybe he's in some type of committee with Marlon Mack and there'll always be somebody there maybe down the line. It's just him and Naheem Hines and Naheem Hines is more the receiving guy. But Jonathan Taylor behind that offensive line, I mean... I mean, last night, everyone went to bed. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire was locked in at 1.01, and maybe he still is. But Jonathan Taylor's in the mix. If you're not talking about, you know, he's very much in the mix, might be the guy. And there's a handful of other guys we're going to talk about tonight that I think are just as intriguing. So let's keep this going at pick 43. Uh the Chicago Bears select Cole Komet, tight end at Notre Dame. Great size and frame, above average to good athleticism and movement skills. He's got great length, ability to high point. He's got good hands and ball skills, average blocking and play strength. He's a starting, uh, you know, tight end in line. Also can do some things, you know, in motion and, you know, detached and stuff like that. They recently just signed Jimmy Graham in free agency, which most people thought was an overpay. So now I think they get their long-term fixture there with Cole Komet. A little high for me. I would have waited to the third round, but still one of the top tight ends in the class. At 44, the Browns selected Grant Delpit out of LSU. Good size frame, above average to good athleticism, movement skills, and speed. Average cover skills, good play, strength, physicality, and toughness. First style to play, free safety, strong safety, or nickel. Probably best, you know, as a single high uh, coverage, free safety. Uh, good pick there by the Browns. Buccaneers, one of my favorite picks from the round of the non-skilled players was Antoine Winfield Jr. You may remember his dad playing in the NFL for a long time. A little undersized, but good frame, good athleticism, speed and movement skills, great instincts and, and play recognition, good play strength and toughness, uh, average range and cover and ball skills, versatile kid to play strong safety, free safety or nickel. The Broncos. After yesterday taking Jerry Judy, come back today and take KJ Hamler out of Penn State. The undersized speedster, great athleticism, movement skills, yak abilities, got that elite game breaking speed, good route runner, great separation quickness, has to clean up some drop issues. Can we can be a weapon on manufactured touches uh as well at forty-seven? Uh, the Atlanta Falcons selected Marlon Davidson out of Auburn. Good size and frame, average athleticism and movement skills. 
good quickness, very good play strength and toughness, versatile to play the five tech position in a three four, uh, or the defensive tackle in a four three. So Matt, in that group there, we had only one skill player, but I think he's of high actually sorry, two skill players. We had Cole Komet uh, going to Chicago, and then we had uh the addition of KJ Hamler to the Broncos. Thoughts on that, especially the fit of Hamler with Sutton and Judy. And then maybe some a, thought, a quick thought on Cole Komet. Yeah, no, I think it's a, I think it's a beautiful matchup. I think that when you look at you know the Broncos, I think you have it's really easy for me to see where you have those skill sets all kind of meshing together. I think they fit really nicely. You got Cortland Sutton working that intermediate to deep areas of the field. It's what his skill set through college and even into the NFL was really kind of aptly suited to. He was able to win in the air. He has that body control and control within collisions to kind of make those catches that need to be made. I think that's where he is good. Um, I also like him working in those intermediate to deep areas where he has some room and time to set up you know, defenders, so it gives him a little bit of time to do what he can do. Um, but you've got Sutton working that intermediate to deep area of the fields. You now have got Judy, who can basically run the whole route tree, but I think he'll be used more in that short to intermediate area of the field. And now you got KJ Hamler, who can really kind of, again, I think this is one of those guys that, you know, I don't think he's LaVisca Chenault, and I don't think he's a guy who's going to be used, you know, as any type of kind of yak back in those jets and sweeps and screens. But he does have the capacity to do some things in the short area of the field um, that can really make teams have fit in terms of being in the slot. But then he can also stretch the field deep. He's got that amazing speed. And I think it really gives teams fits when they look at a team like Judy, Cat, you know, Hamler, and Sutton, I think you have a team that's attacking all levels of the field efficiently because they're working within the strengths of the players that they have. And then you look at Cole Komet, and I think it's, you know, Chicago's never-ending journey, I feel like, to kind of find an answer at tight end. I mean, Adam Shaheen didn't work out, right, or it wasn't really what they were looking for. And Trey Burton, they have, they've moved on from. So is Cole Komet the answer? Is he the is he the combo tight end that they've been searching for to try to you know cushion and maybe help out Mitchell Trubisky as they kind of continue down this road? Is this, is this the player that they're going to put into stock? I, I like Cole Komet. He's a you know that here we're a big fan of him. We thought he was absolutely um, a, a potential. Uh, you know, a potential combo tight end at the next level, making him very rare and hard to find, especially in this class. When you're talking about the tight end position, there was no doubt that Cole was one of the top players in this draft at the tight end position. And, and even in past years, he would have been in the top 10 in most years just because of that, just because of what he offers as a blocker as well as a wide receiver. But I'm excited for Cole Komet. I'm excited to see what KJ Hamler is. Um, I, I think these were great picks by these teams. Yeah, I'm right there with you. So, so let's keep this going here. Uh, I finished off there at pick 47 with Marlon Davidson to the Falcons. So we'll start it up at pick 48. The Seahawks selected edge rusher Darrell Taylor from Tennessee. Good size and frame, great play strength and power, good athleticism, movement skills, burst and ability to bend off the edge, average to above average pass rush skills, good and run support. I think he's got starter traits as either three, four edge or a four, three defensive end. You know, he's got, some people on Twitter were talking about he could develop into, you know, uh, a Frank Clark type player. And if that was the case, that would obviously be a home run uh, for the Seahawks. The Steelers select wide receiver or maybe tight end Chase Claypool from Notre Dame. Great size and frame. We talked a lot about him. Great athleticism and movement skills. Uh, great length, body control, ball skills, wins, contested catches, really good blocker, inside, outside capability. 
The Bears select Jalen Johnson out of Utah. Many people thought he was going to go in round one. He's got good size and frame, good athleticism, closing burst, movement skills, uh, good ball and cover skills with, with clean footwork and change of direction skills. He can press outside cornerback, clear starter. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys select uh, cornerback Trayvon Diggs out of Alabama. Went to Alabama as a wide receiver, converted to a cornerback, still a little bit of raw in development, but a lot of upside. Great size and frame, good athleticism and fluid movement skills, great length, good play strength, instincts, play recognition, good footwork with change of direction skills, compress, outside cornerback, you know, starter upside. The Rams select running back Cam Akers from Florida State. Good size and frame, great athleticism, no matter of quickness. Very good to great long speed, burst, acceleration, cutting ability and agility. Good to very good receiving capabilities, route running, uh, good hands, good contact balance and, and play strength. And it, it's really ba- fascinating that they released Todd Gurley. They drafted Darrell Henderson round three. They have a lot of needs on their offensive line, but they sort of value of Cam Akers to be too high to pass it up. My thoughts on Cam Akers are well known. He was my one of my favorite running backs in this class. I thought he was right up there with the other guys. I even had him higher than Clyde Edwards Hilaire, who went, you know, in round one last night. But schematically it's gonna be interesting to see how he fits there. What are the plans for him and Darrell Henderson? Have they soured a little bit on Darrell Henderson? Or are they going to form a one-two committee? I think there's a lot of interesting questions there. So, Matt, thoughts on Claypool to the Steelers or Akers to the Rams? Claypool to the Steelers just feels like a Steelers move, doesn't it? I mean, like, if, if there was an identity to that pick, you would say that's a Steelers pick. You know, yeah. I mean, like, that's just like that's a Steelers pick. And you know what? They're really good at identifying wide receiver talent and developing it. So the Steelers, in my opinion, have a long history of doing that. I don't think they've – it seems like everybody they pick that's a wide receiver it ends up being functional in some way. Maybe maybe they're not a home run all the time, right? But they're functional for sure. And I think I think Claypool, to me, whether he's a, whether he's a tight end or he's going to be a wide receiver, he's basically going to be there to stretch the seam. You know, I mean, that's what he's going to be doing. I think you're going to see him kind of lining up a little bit in the slot a little bit more. Um, and I think you're going to see him really try to stretch the field from the slot. And I think you're going to let Deontay Johnson kind of live outside and you're going to let Juju kind of like move and weave in and out, you know, accordingly, depending upon the formation. So I think there's a, a lot of reason to believe there's good synergy that could exist between Claypool and Juju and Deontay Johnson. I think the odd man out here or the or the questionable man is going to be, you know, Washington. What are we going to do with James Washington? Who I, whom I, I really think is it's interesting. You know, I, I think there's a lot more room for him to grow. So maybe Claypool is destined for tight end. Who knows? Um, but I, I think there's a world where all the pieces I just mentioned can be very functional, provided that they get the QB play that they need from Ben Roethlisberger this upcoming year. Moving on to, you know, kind of Cam Akers. Man, I I don't know what to say about this landing spot and this fit, you know. I mean, I think Cam Akers has the opportunity, of course, to seize this entire backfield. I think he has the opportunity to be, you know, as we've said many times on the show, the best back in this draft, which is like heresy to some because of the, the talent pool that it is. But Cam Akers does have that ceiling in his game. And when you watch him play, I mean, yes, he has to develop, but where he could go could be tremendous. And I think that, you know, it, it, having this opportunity where he's not going to have to be, you know, the only guy might give him an opportunity to sort of develop a little bit. But I think that he's going to get plenty of work. I really do. And I think that, 
I mean, Paul, I mean, I know Jonathan Taylor's probably, you know, in that conversation along with Clyde Edwards Hilaire as being, you know, the one zero one, you know, in terms of running back. But Cam Akers at this spot had me thinking, you know, Cam Akers is pretty interesting. I think where people were taking him relative to where they may take him now, either it stayed the same because you were already high on him and you were going to take him. Or if you were maybe, you know, a, a little lower on him, he's definitely pushed himself up in terms of an opportunity laden kind of uh, position here. Yeah, I, I think you're right. It's going to be, you know, if this was the offense that was humming, you know, two years ago for the Rams, you know, the excitement level on Cam Akers would be right up there with the Colts taking Jonathan Taylor and, you know, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire going to Kansas City. I mean, people would be talking about him in the conversation to be the 1.01 pick if that was that juggernaut offense that they're going to try to get back to. But they're going to have to find a way to upgrade that line. You know, maybe they dip into the trade market and try to get Trent Williams over there or what. But that's something that they're going to have to try to fix. But, I mean, if they can get that offense fixed and get that old line fixed again, I mean, we sort of success in Trent McAmey's offense with Todd Gurley. So we know that the ceiling that it could prove present so that's going to be really interesting to follow that uh closely so let's get back into it uh at pick 53 <laughs> this was an interesting one maybe the biggest head scratcher of any pick so far in the nfl draft the philadelphia eagles select quarterback jalen hurts from oklahoma average size and frame very good athleticism mobility and running ability can throw on the run make plays off script good arm talent in terms of velocity and strength Average accuracy and touch, good with RPOs, can develop into a starter. But he has no shot to develop into a starter anytime soon there. I, I can only think, like, are we talking like Taysom Hill? Is this like Taysom Hill? I was like getting Taysom like that Hill, type of vibe. Taysom Hill plus high-quality backup if Carson Wentz goes down? I, I don't know. Like, if I'm Jalen Hurts, I know the Eagles are a pretty good and pretty well-run uh, well franchise. But you got to be disappointed because – it's going to take an injury to a quarterback that's considered a franchise quarterback for you to get a shot. And you're now locked in for four years here before you might get a chance to ever go to another team and potentially be a starting quarterback. And then is it too little too late? It's, it's so interesting to see what they did. I don't even know the make sense of it yet. We haven't heard, you know, I haven't seen anything yet from the Eagles people of, of what the intrigue was like, was it they wanted him because Carson Wentz has battled some injuries, you know, and then the uniqueness of him, it's going to be one to follow closely because that one left me scratching my head for sure. Uh, at pick 54, the Buffalo Bills select AJ Epinesa out of Iowa. Great size and frame, average athleticism and movement skills. He's got great length, hand usage, play strength, power and toughness. He's good versus to run, good pass rush skill and technique, but he's more of a power player. You know, not a guy who's going to really bend the edge and have that, you know, that quick first step. He's going to win with power and technique. Uh, 55, the Ravens select J.K. Dobbins out of Ohio State. Good size frame, very good athleticism, speed, acceleration, and burst. Good footwork, one cut ability, change of direction skills. Good receiving skills, three down running back. A year from now, if Mark Ingram is not on that roster, is J.K. Dobbins the most valuable running back from this class? All these guys, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is going to be paired with Damian Williams for this year. Jonathan Taylor is going to be paired with Marlon Mack. Cam Akers is going to be paired with Darrell Henderson. And J.K. Dobbins is going to be paired with Mark Ingram. So they're all in basically double timeshare committees, I think, for this year. So I don't think anyone could be like, oh, this is the clear guy 
because he's going to get the most immediate opportunity. No, I think all of those guys, you know, are going to be pretty much in the same situation. And it's really going to be fascinating. You know, oh, and I, and I left one out, DeAndre Swift for carry on Johnson, the exact same thing. There, you know, there is no Josh Jacobs landing spot like last year. And that's going to be what's really fascinating about this. Uh, if we keep it going at pick 56, uh, the Miami Dolphins select Raekwon Davis out of Alabama. Great size and frame, above average athleticism and movement skills. Uh, great length and hand usage, play strength and power. Versatile to play five tech in a three four or kick inside to be a, a traditional defensive tackle in a four three. At pick 57, the Rams select Van Jefferson. Like the player. Don't like the value and don't really like the fit. Good size, average frame, average athleticism and long speed, but he's a great route runner, very technically savvy, good separation, quickness, movement skills, footwork, above average yak ability, good body control, ability to adjust, all that stuff. But he's best inside in the slot, which is where Cooper Cup is best. They just traded their only vertical wide receiver in Brandon Cooks. I thought they were going to play more two tight end sets with Tyler Higby and Gerald Everett, which was already going to kick Cooper Cup to the outside. And then they go and draft another guy who I think is best inside in the slot. So, Matt, really intrigued to hear your thoughts on Van Jefferson and the fit there maybe with the Rams. But then also, you know, obviously got to share your thoughts on J.K. Dobbins ending up uh, with the Baltimore Ravens and if there's anything else on Jalen Hurts that you wanted to share. But I think we kind of summed that up pretty well. No, I think I, I have nothing more to say about Jalen Hurts. I'm still perplexed. <laughs> I think the biggest thing I could say, though, about Van Jefferson is that was the one of the bigger head scratchers as well tonight. I mean, I, I don't want to say I don't like the player. It's not the player. I think you said it really well. It's not the player. It's the fit. I don't see it. I don't I don't get it. Um, and that's maybe that's maybe maybe that's a little bit more of my narrow mindedness because I don't really I'm not really exposed to these players on the regular. So maybe there is a hankering, you know, for some of these guys to start expanding their, you know, kind of their workload into different areas of the field. Maybe maybe Cooper Cup is in the year of Sean McVay saying, you know what, put me outside, coach. I'm ready. I can play outside. I I'm ready to kind of expand my game. Um, but Van Jefferson, I think, is was probably one of the best slot players in this class. And I think that to have him in there. Um, with another player who does really function well in the slot. I mean, he has, you know, productive seasons behind him now, Cooper Cup, where he has performed very well in the slot. I, I'm concerned that there is a little bit again. I think that when you look at the landscape, the tapestry that is an NFL offense and you start weaving together all these different threads and you find out that they're kind of the same color, what you were hoping to be this dynamic kind of amazing little pattern formation in front of your eyes to emerge suddenly becomes mushy. It just becomes mushy because everybody's all everybody. It's the same color. Everybody, everybody does the same thing. Where's the where is the dynamic nature of your offense if everybody's doing the same things? Now, that's an oversimplification, but I think it speaks to the point that you had, Paul, as well. That's where Van Jefferson and I think kind of the current landscape that is their wide receiver corpse. I don't see the versatility and dexterity in attacking NFL defenses right now but i will say this they don't exactly have a big armed quarterback paul you know when you look at you know when you look at him as a quarterback i think he is better in a west coast style type of offense and i do think that there's something about a precision timing passing game that really does suit you know what they want to build there and and i think there could be room for that maybe we're talking the emergence of a you know a bill walsh style type game maybe that's what we're going for maybe we're going more west coast and we're going to really shorten the field and spread them out horizontally and not really worry so much vertically 
Maybe that's what they're going for. I, I don't know. But, I mean, that's where it seems to fit if that's what they're trying to do. But J.K. Dobbins, I'm right there with you. I love this landing spot. If you, you know, feet to the fire, he is my – he might be my RB2 for me because I like him a little bit more than I like Jonathan Taylor. And I like Jonathan Taylor. But he might be my RB2 right now. I think it's a beautiful, beautiful fit. And I love what they did later when we get to the other draft picks. I think there's this entire world where we're not going to go so much vertically. We can stretch you now horizontally. And I think that's what Baltimore was kind of going for here with Lamar Jackson and J.K. Dobbins and picks that they made later. Combine that with what they already have. And I think you're talking about a very, 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 very potent offense coming in 2021. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's something that's going to be really, you know, fun to watch and kind of follow that closely. So let's, uh, let's finish out round two here. The Vikings selected offensive tackle Ezra Cleveland from Boise State. Great size, good to very good athleticism, movement skills and quickness, good footwork, ideal for his own run blocking scheme, capable of playing left tackle or right tackle. Some people thought he would go round one, upside to become a starter. Jets, after moving back, accumulating more picks, passing on the wide receivers in round one. Land Denzel Mims in round two out of Baylor. Good size and frame. Very good athleticism, movement skills, and long speed. Great length, body control, ball skills, ability to adjust and high point. Good hands, average route runner, outside wide receiver with vertical skills. Uh, most likely will be a starter there with the Jets sooner rather than later. Pick 60 to Patriots trade up to select edge slash linebacker Josh Uche out of Michigan. Undersized, but good frame, very good athleticism, movement skills, burst, quickness, good pass rush skills with a first step and ability to bend the edge. Average cover skills, edge rusher in a 3-4 or, you know, sub packages or maybe a 4-3 starting strong side uh, backer uh, for Josh Uche. 61, the Titans select Christian Fulton from LS you average size and frame good athleticism speed movement skills and change of direction skills press corner good ball skills average techniques outside cornerback and then the round out round two the green bay packers with one of the other biggest surprises select my guy aj Dillon, out of boston college who even as much as i loved them thought he was going late round three or early round four they pick him in the end of round two you know even with aaron jones and jamal williams on the roster He's got rare size and frame for a running back, that good athleticism and long speed, which we know, the acceleration and burst, the great contact balance, play strength, physicality, and finishing ability, good footwork, that one-cut ability, only above-average lateral quickness, not a guy who's going to create a lot, not much elusiveness or agility in the open field, uh, but clearly something that they want to add, some type of identity and could we just all envision 10-degree temperatures at Lambeau Field and this guy barreling down against defenses in the fourth quarter? I mean, at least part of what Green Bay was thinking had to be that for sure. So, Matt, any final thoughts? I mean, any thoughts on the final few picks there in round two, uh, whether it's A.J. Dillon, uh, who landed with Green Bay, uh, or Denzel Mims to the Jets? I, I really like Denzel Mims to the Jets. I think that all, you know, potential excuses from here moving forward, you know, with Sam Darnold and, and the wide receiver corp, I think, you know, losing Robbie Anderson won't feel as 
difficult when you have a player like Denzel Mims. And I think Denzel Mims offers something, a lot of things, in my opinion, that Robbie Anderson didn't have. I think you can have Denzel Mims do a lot more in those short to intermediate areas. And you know what? Denzel Mims can break a couple of tackles and push it towards the hat, you know, towards the house. I think he's that type of player. I mean, I think he's a rock solid route runner. I think he's still developing in those areas, but I think he's shown improvement every year since he's been in college. And that's been the reason why he's moved up draft boards, in my opinion, especially mine. Whenever you can develop skill and show development, that shows something about your work ethic as a player. And I think it shows something about your, um, I don't want to say your intellectual approach to the game, but let's say your 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 studious approach to the game where you are trying to look to develop yourself in terms of getting better every day. I do think that that's something important. So Denzel Mims has gotten better, and I like players like that. And I think A.J. Dillon, I, I agree with you, Paul, it was a head-scratcher. I think, yeah, having that bludgeoning instrument in the zero-degree, sub-zero-degree weather that is Green Bay, Wisconsin, um, is amazing i i i just don't i don't understand though i i i guess that i don't know if that uh, is aaron Rodgers happy with that paul does aaron Rodgers like cheer and that's not to there's no slight on aj dylan no, no, aaron i know Rodgers, and then and then they and then are you cheering if you're aaron Rodgers? because i'm looking at Devonte adams and saying who else am i throwing to yeah and they'll be and then we'll get to their tight end h back fullback later when they could have given him a, a more receiver help. So it's been a, it's been a draft that has to have Aaron Rodgers shaking his head from Jordan Love to a So you got Jordan to Love a, to a power running back who doesn't ha- uh you know do much in terms of his pass catching capabilities to a H-back slash fullback slash tight end in round 3 after you drafted Jay Sternberger last year and who barely got on the field. Kind of so, kind of kind of a little kind of a little thunder and lightning though for us Giants fans though. You see a little emergence of yeah. Jacobs. Yeah, I can see Mod that. Bradshaw type of combo there. Yeah, but I mean, 17 wide receivers were in the top three rounds, and Aaron Rodgers, was, you know, Got they done. could have got Aaron Rodgers a big-time weapon, you know, minus the first four or five wide receivers that were taken. The rest of them were available, you know, throughout, and, and they came away with none of them. So really, really interesting. So let's kick off uh, round three. I might stretch them out a little bit and, and do groups of eight on this one. Just we could do four groups of eight and, and finish off this a little bit quicker. Uh, at pick 60 for, uh, 63, uh, I think I might have – oh, wait a minute. I, I I guess it's late at night. I, I can't do uh, some basic math here. We did not finish. Uh, we did not finish the actual uh, second round. 32 and 32 make 64. So uh, let's finish out round two first. I stopped at pick 62 with the Packers. I got excited about A.J. Dillon, and we did not finish out uh, – the rest of round two. So let's do that first. And then we will uh, kick into high gear in round three uh, and go through, like I said, a little bit quicker uh, in round three. So the end of round two at pick 64, we had, uh, oh, I think I just numbered it wrong. At pick 63 was the chief selected linebacker, Willie Gay from Mississippi state, good size and frame, very good to great athleticism, movement skills, and quickness, good play strength, power, effort, and toughness, average instincts and play recognition. He blew up the combine, really that athletic player. And in that AFC West now with all the playmakers that all these other teams are trying to get to, you know, combat the chiefs, 
you know, they add some, you know, athleticism and explosiveness on the defensive side. So that was that pick 63. And then the final pick to end round two was the Panthers trading up, selecting safety slash linebacker hybrid Jeremy Chin from Southern Illinois. Great size and frame, great athleticism, uh, physicality, play strength, good tackler, cover skills, best as a strong safety, but could be that strong safety linebacker hybrid type player due to his athleticism and movement capabilities. So that was the end of round two. If we go to the start of round three, the Bengals selected linebacker Logan Wilson out of Wyoming. Good size and frame, above average athleticism and movement skills, good burst agility and closing speed. Four-year starter, three-down linebacker, could play inside or outside linebacker position. Uh, pick 66, the Redskins select offensive weapon. I think that's the best way to classify him. Antonio Gibson out of Memphis. Good size, great frame, very good athleticism, movement skills, speed, Yak ability, burst, versatile weapon as a runner, receiver, and a returner. Uh, it's interesting how they're going to use him. Is he going to be more of like, like I said before, that Debo guy, jet sweeps, end the rounds? Is he going to use a little bit more traditional running back? Is he going to be exclusively a receiver? You know, it's going to be interesting to see how that, that plays itself out there. 67, the line select edge rusher, Julian Aquara from Notre Dame. Very good size. Needs to add a little bit to his frame. Good athleticism and movement skills. He's got the bend and first step off the edge. Great length. Can drop in coverage a little bit if needed. Situational rusher in the four three, but starter traits as a edge uh, three four rusher. 68, the Jets selected Ashton Davis at a cow. Good size and frame, great athleticism, movement skills, and speed. Good length, range, cover skills, ball skills, can play any of the safety positions or in the slot at the nickel position. Uh, so at one time, people thought he was going to be potentially a late first, early second. Here he drops to the early part of the third round. Uh, pick 69, the Seahawks select Damian Lewis out of LSU. Good size, great frame, great play strength and power, toughness, good hand usage and techniques. Uh, average athleticism and movement skills, but uh, needs to play in confined spaces. Must play in gap run scheme. Offensive guard with upside to be a starter. Pick 70, the Dolphins select safety Brandon Jones from Texas. Good size, average frame. Average to above average athleticism, speed, and movement skills. Uh, good play strength and 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 in run support is effective. Versatile to play free safety, nickel, or strong safety. Uh, average range and cover skills. Pick 71, the Ravens selected uh, defensive tackle Justin uh, Matabuikwe from Texas A&M. Slightly undersized for the position, but good athleticism, movement skills, and quickness. Good length, play strength, footwork, and hand usage. Average pass rush skills and run support. Upside to be a starter at defensive tackle in the NFL. 72, the Cardinals select offensive tackle Josh Jones from Houston. Good size, average frame, great length, very good athleticism, movement skills, and lateral quickness. Average to good in pass and run blocking, best in his own run scheme. Average use of hands and techniques. Starter traits at tackle and at 73, the Jaguars select defensive tackle Devon Hamilton from Ohio State. Great size and frame, above average to good athleticism, movement skills, and quickness. Uh, good first step and burst to be upfield penetrator to cause disruption in the pass game, rotational defensive tackle with upside. So in that, in that big stretch there, Matt, very limited in terms of the skill players after they were just one after another in round two. The, the main guy, and I think he's a little bit intriguing to talk about, is Antonio Gibson. And maybe, you know, what 
Washington might be thinking for him. Like, yeah. do you think it's going to be a little bit of this and a little bit of that? Do you think they're going to have him focus more on traditional wide receiver? A- any thoughts about Antonio Gibson, the player, or maybe to fit there in Washington? You know, what's interesting about him is, is again, we think Ron Rivera. We think about, you know, what could he be thinking with Antonio Gibson? And when he's looking at this roster, what could he be possibly thinking and how could it possibly fit together? You know, I, I think that Antonio Gibson being drafted is a major win for for two people. Um, I think it's a major win for Kelvin Harmon. Um, I think it's a major win for uh, Steven Sims as well. Um, and I also think there's, you know, there's a little bit of pumping in the fist in the quarterback room between Kyle Allen and Dwayne Haskins. You know, there it's just going to be them. I, I think that Antonio Gibson fits nicely with what they currently have. I think Kelvin Harmon's the big winner in this one because I think Kelvin Harmon's skill set fits really nicely in terms of winning on the outside. He can also move inside and be a big slot. I think Terry McLaurin is your, you know, is going to be your consummate kind of technician and route runner within that offense. And I think he's going to be the guy that is going to be the kind of Jerry Judy of Washington, so to speak. Um, I think he's going to be able to run the route tree and give you that versatility to attack intermediate, short and deep. Uh, whereas Kelvin Harmon will be working more in that kind of intermediate to deep area of the field, which is where arguably he was probably best. And now you have Antonio Gibson, who again is that the emergence of what I was telling you about earlier when we talked about these up-tempo RPO-based offenses. You need that yak back, that guy that's going to be that jet sweep that can be both a running back quality player who can work in tight spaces or behind the line of scrimmage, who has the capacity to avoid as well as handle collisions because they're going to be impacted behind the line of scrimmage, almost like a running back. But also they have to be able to run the route tree in terms of getting deep and stretching the field when necessary. It's how you keep these defenses that are getting more faster and quicker. It's how you stretch their minds now. So now, now the field is only 53 and a third yards wide, right? So now what do you got to do? You have to stretch the minds, meaning the responsibilities of their opponent. I think the only way you can do that is to not only start stretching teams vertically, but now horizontally. And I don't mean just by formation. I mean in terms of putting players on the field that will put teams into kind of anticipatory conflicts. Like why is Antonio Gibson in jet motion right now? Is he going to be the runner? Do I have to worry about if I'm playing linebacker? Do I have to worry about watching him coming out of the backside? Or can I drop into coverage safely and feel comfortable about taking this tight end one-on-one? Or do I have to now worry about him kind of going into the flats? Like it puts guys in conflict. It gives them extra things. It gives them a larger cognitive load to kind of put into their brains. And we all talk about the player problem solver paradigm. Information is what connects players to the game. If you put more information on the field, you continue to muddy that situation. It's going to muddy the reaction times of these players under these circumstances. So I think Antonio Gibson is filling that LaVisca Chenault type role for Washington. Yeah, I I think that's exactly you know how they envision using him and we've seen how important that that role has become in the nfl and the stress that it could put on defenses and i think teams are looking for that listen it's the copycat league right everybody saw what san francisco did down the stretch all the motion they do how they use Debo samuel there's a reason why antonio gibson went tonight there's a reason why another player that we that we're going to talk about went tonight because that is the next thing that is kind of taking form in the NFL because it puts additional stress on defenses. Okay, so why don't we keep this going? Um, I believe I ended at pick 73. So yep. uh, 74 to Saints uh, traded up, and they, they invested – 
you know, some decent draft capital to move up 14 spots. They use a 2021 third round pick, but they come up to get edge uh, slash linebacker Zach Bowen out of Wisconsin. Some people thought he could be a first round pick. Good size, average frame, very good athleticism, movement skills, first step, bend off the edge, burst in quickness, fluid in space, cover skills, average play strength, good pass rush. Functional versus the run can be a 3-4 edge or a 4-3 strong side backer. Uh, 75, the Lions traded up and selected offensive guard Jonah Jackson from Ohio State. Average to above average size and frame. Average to above average athleticism, movement skills, lateral quickness. Good in pass pro, better in zone run scheme, good instincts. First style of play, center or guard. 76, the Buccaneers got a running back. Some people thought they were going to invest in one earlier. It took Keyshawn Vaughn out of Vanderbilt. Good size and frame, average athleticism, burst, acceleration, lateral quickness, good long speed, above average vision, good patience, good play strength, contact balance, leg drive, finishing ability. Uh, I think he'll, I think he'll add to the mix there to, to form a duo with Ronald Jones. He's really good in pass protection, which is going to be something very important for Tom Brady. At pick 77, uh, the Broncos selected cornerback Michael Ojemudia out of Iowa. Good size, frame, average to good athleticism, speed, and movement skills. Average ball skills, press cover skills, depth outside cornerback with upside to develop into a starter. The Falcons selected Matt Hennessy at pick 78. One of my favorite centers in the draft class. Good athleticism and movement skills. Good instincts, hand usage, and techniques. Love his ability to get out on zone runs due to his lateral quickness. Three-year starter. Uh, upside to be a starter at center probably in a year or so from now uh, on that Falcons line. 79, the Jets select edge rusher Jabari Zaninga out of Florida. Good size and frame. Very good to great athleticism, movement skills, first step, ability to bend off the edge. You know, upfield, uh, can get into the backfield and cause disruptions for three DE or edge rusher in a three four. The other guy I was talking about offensive weapon Raiders, and I'm going to do this together and then I'm going to shoot it right over to you. 80 mm-hmm. 81, the Raiders go wide receiver offensive weapon Lynn Bowden out of Kentucky, but then there were reports after that they're going to start him out as a running back and then expand his responsibilities. I don't know exactly how that's going to work, but I think he's going to be used in that offensive weapon gadget way. But very good athleticism, movement skills, good play strength and toughness, very good run after the catch ability. Average route runner with some development still needed there, but he's a versatile weapon at a slot, the running jet sweeps and then the rounds, wildcat quarterback, a returner. And then pick 81, Brian Edwards, our guy out of South Carolina. Good size and frame, good athleticism, movement skills and speed, very good play strength, body control, ball skills, ability to adjust and high point, wins contested catches. I mean, Mike Mayock just, you know, it, it's like, it's kind of funny. Mike Mayock, you know, identifying that type of guy that, that we have loved everything about Brian Edwards a year after he took your boy last year, Hunter Renfro. Right. So what, what do you make about Edwards and Bowden to the Raiders? On top of Henry Ruggs in the first round, you know, really totally revamping their wide receiver. Uh, and then any thoughts on the Buccaneers, you know, selecting Keyshawn Vaughn there? Obviously, there's another big one in that little group there. Well, I'll start out with Keyshawn Vaughn because I think that's a, a very, you know, quick discussion because I think you really brought up a lot of the great points that surround Keyshawn Vaughn. But I, I'll say this. I think Keyshawn Vaughn is one of the most functional running backs in this entire class. I think he reminds me of the same feelings I had. Uh, when I watched Kenny Galladay, um, and now Kenny Galladay obviously outperformed the, the concept that I was promoting back when I was watching him. Um, but uh, he was a rock solid player. He was just rock solid in every single way with regards to his respective position. 
And now we have a language for that now in our world. We call that functionality. And I think that we understand that functionality can breed a very skillful player at the NFL level. Look at Kenny Galladay. I think Kayshawn Vaughn is a very functional running back. I think he does a lot of everything pretty well. I think he has good a good grip on many of the situations and problems that he sees on the field as an interior runner, an outside runner, as a pass as a pass catcher, but also in pass pro. I think he's going to be exactly the type of player that you're going to hear quiet whispers about. You know, Tom Brady advocating to have Kayshawn Vaughn on the field more often, and I can see Tom Brady using him more often. Now, that's not to say Ronald Jones just falls by the wayside. I do think, though, legitimately, I think you're looking at a potential committee moving forward, and that doesn't mean that Ronald Jones gets nothing. I just think that Kayshawn Vaughn is going to kind of get his way in there. That's my opinion on that. As far as what to make of Mike Mayock and and the Las Vegas Raiders and what they did with Brian Edwards, I mean, I think it's clear. I think he purchases the Saturday Sunday football notebooks. Um, (laughs) I think it's really pretty much evidence clear now. Um, Hunter Renfro, the dramatic getting of Hunter Renfro. I'm just calling Mike. Anything you want, you get a copy for free. We'll throw you a copy for free. Um, but I think, I think, I think the entirety of what they were trying to do is exactly what you just outlined, Paul. I think they were revamping the entirety of their wide receiver corp. And I think they went whole hog into it. They, they actually kind of zigged while everybody else was zagging. Like instead of saving, you know, on the wide receiver corp, instead of pushing them down the line, they decided to just go up and get the guys that they wanted in this really kind of star studded class of wide receivers or at least skillful class of wide receivers. Brian Edwards is somebody that we have been hanging on chandeliers about. We've been hanging on chandeliers, swinging through rooms, talking about how good he could potentially be. And I think seeing him in this particular offense and the structure that they put together, you've got, again, Henry Ruggs. He's the guy who's going to be able to stretch fields deep. He's going to be able to stretch the fields in the short areas too. He's also got that kind of... Uh, versatility to be that kind of, you know, uh, that kind of jet sweep back that we we're talking about earlier, that yak back, that guy can, that can jet sweep and also threaten as a runner behind the line of scrimmage. You got that going for you. You have Lynn Bounded who could do that as well and do it in spades. And it's not even remotely surprising that they talked about using him in a running back role. I think designating it as such leaves me a little bit curious. Like he's not going to really spell Josh Jacobs. Um, but I do think that what they're trying to allude to is that he's probably going to be that guy that they're going to be using more in that role, jet sweeps into being a wide receiver. But then you got Hunter Renfro um, who I think, you know, listen, this is the perfect world. Hunter Renfro is your technician. You have your outside deep receiver who can stretch the field from intermediate to deep. You've got that Brian Edwards player. Then you've got your guy who can stretch the field in the short areas and the deep areas because they have incredible speed. That's Henry Ruggs. And then you have this versatile kind of short area kind of hybrid running back style player that can that can win in the short areas of field behind the line of scrimmage in Lynn Bowden. I think it's a beautiful offense. If I'm choosing my Madden 2021 fun team, that might be it. Yeah. I mean, it's it's hard to argue with it. I mean, it's really hard to argue with it. I mean, it's really fascinating to see what they're putting together there and the, the way that Brian Edwards compliments Henry Ruggs. And then you add Lynn Bowden, you have Darren Waller there. 
you have, you know, Tyrell Williams, there's a lot of uniqueness to what they're trying to do there. So it's, it's really interesting to kind of see that all come together, uh, right there. So let's go through, uh, the rest of round three here in, in groups of eight to 10 to finish this off. The Cowboys selected defensive tackle in the, uh, Gallimore out of Oklahoma, average size and frame, very good athleticism, quickness, footwork and movement skills, good hand usage, play strength and power, good pass rush skills versus the run, versus the play multiple defensive tackle spots. Some people thought it was going to be a late first to mid second. So for the Cowboys to get him at 82, presented really, really good value. At 83, Broncos select offensive center slash guard Lloyd Cushenberry out of LSU, one of the top centers in this draft class. Good size and frame, great play strength, very good length, good techniques, great experience, ideal for a gap runner, uh, gap running scheme, good in pass pro, immediate starter, somewhere on the interior of the line. The Rams make a little bit of another head-scratching pick, selecting edge rusher Terrell Lewis out of Alabama. While his talent is not in question, very good athleticism, movement skills, and quickness, above average to good pass rush ability, Ben, first step, you know, can play the edge in a 3-4 or – uh, defensive end or strong side backer in a four three. He's got some major medical concerns that, you know, it, it sure sounded like he was going to be a day three guy because of those medical concerns. So to see him go off the board was a little surprising. At 85, the Colts select Julian Blackman out of Utah. Good size and frame, good athleticism, movement skills and speed, former quarterback, average cover skills, good hands, instincts, length, toughness and physicality can play basically free safety, strong safety or nickel. Buffalo Bills select running back Zach Moss out of Utah. Good size and frame, good short area burst and quickness, average athleticism and long speed, good to great contact fidelity, play strength, power and finishing ability, one cut ability, only average pass receiving skills, ideal complement for Devin Singletary. Really, you know, those two guys are going to form a nice one-two duo there. Patriots at 87 select Anthony Jennings out of Alabama, another big-time recruit, great size, frame, average athleticism, great length, very good play strength, physicality, and toughness, average pass rusher, versatile developed into a starter. A lot of people have been comping him to a little bit of a Kyle Van Noy-type player. 88, the Browns select defensive tackle Jordan Elliott out of Missouri, great size, good frame, above-average athleticism. Quickness and movement skills, great play, strength, power, and usage, very good in run support, ability to two-gap, average pass rusher, got starter traits and upside. Some people thought he was going to be a much earlier pick in, in round two somewhere, but he fell to the late round three. Uh, at pick number 89, the Vikings selected Cameron Dantzler out of Mississippi State, very good size, could add a little bit to his frame, average to above average athleticism, speed, and movement skills, average length, good instincts and cover skills, can press, uh, above average play strength and toughness. He's an outside cornerback with starter upside. I pick 90, the Houston Texans selected Jonathan uh, Grenard out of Florida. Very good size and frame, good athleticism, movement skills, quickness, first step, uh, very good play strength and power, good pass rush skills, and in run support, 4-3 defensive end or 3-4 edge. He's got starter upside and traits. And then I'll stop here after pick 91. We'll break it up a little bit. Patriots trade up to select tight end Devin Asiasi from UCLA. Average size, good frame, good athleticism, movement skills, speed, and yak ability. Can attack the seam and get vertical. Good hands, ability to adjust passes, average blocking skills uh, with good effort. And to me, he's got the capabilities to develop into a starter. So, Matt, any quick thoughts on Devin Asiasi? Uh, or Zach Moss, I think those are probably the ones of most intrigue in that group. 
Yeah, no, I think Zach Moss, I think you see the the Bills kind of doubling down in terms of that interior run game that they want to develop, that that kind of hard-nosed style run game that they want to have. You know, I mean, it was it was interesting. Friend of the show, uh, Ray uh, guy put out, uh, you know, the idea of, you know, now the running back room when it comes to uh, – when it comes to the Buffalo Bills is going to be, you know, basically Devin Singletary at, you know, your RB1 and then your RB2 would be Josh Allen and your RB3 is going to be Zach Moss. I mean, like, it's kind of funny because I think that's kind of how it's going to ring out. I think you're going to have Zach Moss, though, is going to play, I think, an immediate role just because he's good in pass protection and he's also has the ability to contribute as a wide receiver. I, I think he's not only there to insulate any injury from Devin Singletary, I also think he's there to provide more versatility in the backfield in terms of what they're capable of doing with their running backs on the field. So there's that interchangeable nature, but then there's that slight deviation and expansion upon the running back role and what they can contribute to the offense. And then I think, yeah, I think Devin Asiasi is a guy that, you know, again, I, I knew of him and watched him coming out of high school. Um, and when he was coming out of high school, he was very highly touted. And I even think they talked about it on the NFL Network tonight. Um, he was the number three um, tight end recruit coming out of high school, along with Cole Komet, who is, I think, either two or one Cole Komet. Um, and, you know, Devin just kind of like they said, they went he went to Michigan. It didn't work out. Found a home at UCLA. And he has really just developed. And, and I still think I was even too low, even in our ranking show. I just think that this is a beautiful landing spot for him i am genuinely excited about his opportunity with new england and i think that new england listen big winner tonight was jared stidham can't argue with that nobody they didn't take a quarterback that's not to say that they can't but i mean i can see jared stidham and devin asiasi developing a little bit of a relationship there so i think they're trying to put the things in place that they need to maybe shepherd a young quarterback yeah, I, I, I'm right there with you. And I think Asiasi, it was interesting to see him go over Harrison Bryant. There had been some talk that the Patriots liked him. You know, you had Albert Oku Wabinam. They didn't go that route. But Asiasi offers a lot of intrigue. And I can see them, you know, and they made another pick here we'll talk about momentarily too. They're trying to get back to that, those, those, that two tight end sets. I think, you know, and being a little bit different as people are spreading it out again, they might make, try to mix it up and go a different route again. That's well, you know, like a Patriot style of, of, of zagging and, z- uh, you know, and making changes, you know, when one person zigs, they zag. What, you know what it is, Paul? I also think it's a reaction to the flow of the offenses and defenses in the NFL now as teams are getting lighter and faster on defense, they're getting bulked up because yeah. if they're going to bring in a young quarterback. What are you going to have to do with a young quarterback? You got to be able to move the ball down the field on the ground then, you know what I mean? Until you can develop his passing game. Absolutely. Right? So if you oh. can get that mismatch, that's a big deal. So maybe Devin Asiasi is there to just kind of throw a couple of lightweight cornerbacks out of the way. Yeah, for sure. So number next pick was, was, you know, was popcorn also, as we like to say. Pick 92, the Ravens select Devin Duvernay out of Texas. Undersized, but good frame, very good to great athleticism, long speed, burst, rack ability, average route runner and separation quickness, but very good play strength, body control, the hands, vertical slot wide receiver, plus can be used on jet sweeps and end the rounds, really adds another dynamic weapon to that Ravens offense, another speed component there. You know, they have speed all over that field, adding Duvernay with Dobbins, Lash Marquise Brown, Miles Boykin, and obviously, you know, Lamar Jackson, you know, a lot of explosive speed playmakers in that offense. Titans, speaking of speed, to compliment Derrick Henry, they go out and get Darrington Evans out of App State. You know, big play 
threat waiting to happen. Very good to great athleticism and long speed. He's got that burst, that lateral quickness. I love his cutting ability, his stop-start acceleration. He's a space player. Get him some touches. He can make uh, impressive plays happen. I think he fits well there, you know, complementing Derrick Henry. 94, we talked a little bit about this before, the Packers select tight end, H-back, fullback, whatever you want to call him, Josiah DeGar out of Cincinnati. Above average athleticism and movement skills. He's, he's a pretty good route runner. He's got good body control and ball skills. He's got the ability to adjust, uses his body well to create space at the catch point. Great effort, versatile to be used in a variety of ways, but 94 seemed a little rich there, you know, especially after taking a backup running back in the second round and a backup quarterback, you Do know. You think he has any say, Paul. Don't, don't you imagine he must have a little bit of a discussion point in here? Like, hey, you know. You know, and you know we're gonna take Rod. You know, Rogers. What do you think about that? What do you think you would that? think. You would think. I mean, Tom Brady's pretty much running the Tampa Bay organization at the moment. Like you would think, Aaron Rodgers has a little bit more say. The Packers. I've been. You know how long I've been a fan of the NFL draft and how much I follow it. I've never seen. And, and listen, I like AJ Dillon, the player. I don't necessarily, and and I think it could be interesting with him closing out games in Lambeau Field in the snow. But I I can't remember a time that three consecutive picks to start a draft were more head scratching. A potential backup tight end slash H back slash fullback, a quarterback who's probably not going to play a snap for at least three seasons. And a running back when they have a very good starting running back and a functional backup running back. Really, really staggering first three picks for them, uh, for sure. Uh, if I keep this going at pick 95, the Broncos selected McTelvin again out of Arkansas. He is a re- rotational uh, three-tech, former five-star recruit, played in both all-star games, the Shrine and the Senior Bowl. Really good athleticism and quickness to get upfield and penetrate. Chiefs at 96 select offensive tackle Lewis Neyang at a TCU. Great size, good frame, good athleticism and movement skills, great length, good recovery ability, good play strength and power. You know, can play in either run scheme, average techniques, good instincts, offensive tackle with starter traits. The Browns at 97 selected Jacob Phillips from LSU. Very good size, average frame, above average athleticism, movement skills, lateral quickness and range, average instincts and techniques. Depth linebacker with starter upside. At 98, the Ravens select Malik Harris out of Ohio State. Good size and frame, really good athleticism for a man his size. Good range and quickness, great play strength, toughness, physicality, really good in run support, only average cover skills. Starter at either inside linebacker or strong side backer, really above average instincts and play recognition. Giants at 99 select offensive tackle Matt Pert at a UConn. Good size and frame, great length, great athleticism, movement skills and lateral quickness. Good footwork, ideal for a zone running scheme, four-year starter, developmental swing tackle with major upside. Solid and pass pro Mark Colombo, the newest offensive tackle, and Jason Garrett, the new offensive coordinator, must be oozing to to work with this kid if his upside. I think it, I think a year from now when Nate Solder's no longer a giant, I think Andrew Thomas kicks over to the left side and Perk gets every opportunity to become their starting right tackle. I think the Giants believe they got their two long-term fixtures at tackles, potentially, if they could, you know, coach up Perk, you know, coming from the lower-level competition there at UConn. Matt, let me stop there. The only major skill player there, we talked a little bit about the guard, if you want to add anything on that, uh, was Darrington Evans. Any thoughts there on either Darrington Evans or Devin Duvernay? 
Yeah, well, I think Duvernay again speaks to the 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 kind of the the model that we talked about at the beginning of the show, which is you're starting to see them build their wide receiver corps in a very defined way in order to stretch defenses to their fullest. And again, I think you see a little bit of that now. I think in Baltimore's case, though, I don't think Baltimore really has an established wide receiver corp other than you know Miles Boykin and Marquise Brown. I mean, they're all still developing. So I think adding a player like Devin Duvernay, I think the role that he'll fill is quite clear. But I think there's going to be room for him to expand that role if he wants to. So I think that there's opportunity there. I think Devin Duvernay is a player that, I mean, I liked him a lot coming out of high school. Um, I remember watching his tape and enjoying it. Um, he disappeared when he went to college and then reemerged at, at some point. And, you know, he reemerged and, and came to Texas and started to show what he can do. Um, so I really like him as a player. I think he's really going to fit nicely with Baltimore. And I think that Baltimore offense is just continues to get more and more intriguing. So I'm extremely excited there. And, and Darrington Evans, I think is a great compliment, a great compliment to Derrick Henry. You know, I could see that really melding into a great one, two punch. I think Darrington Evans is a beautiful player to compliment um, you know, to compliment Henry, I think it's going to be a beautiful situation for him. And I think he offers what Henry can't do. He compliments him well in terms of passing and receiving and just the way that they're going to use him slightly differently in, in downs and distances, I think is going to be interesting to watch as well. So I, I really like these two picks. I think they're fantastic. And I think we, we've, we've said enough about the plight of poor Mr. Aaron Rodgers. Yes. <laughs> At pick 100, the Raiders, Mike Mayock loves Clemson players. It, it, it is obvious. Select safety linebacker Tanner Muse from Clemson. Great size and frame, above average to good athleticism and movement skills. Tested out really well at the combine. He played free safety in college, but I think he's going to be more of a strong safety or a hybrid linebacker safety and special teamer at the next level. Uh, at pick 101, the Patriots trade up with the Jets and take Dalton Keene from Virginia Tech. Above average to good athleticism, tested really well at the combine, you know, shows good hands, average route runner, functional blocker uh, in space with good effort, versatile lineup detached in motion or as a fullback or as an H-back. So him with Devin Asiasi, Belichick must have some plans for those two. At pick 102, the Steelers select edge Alex Highsmith out of Charlotte. He's a situational 4 3 uh, pass rusher or best as an edge in a three four scheme good instincts and hand usage but he's all about his athleticism good to very good movement skills quick first step and ability to bend off the edge the eagles select linebacker davion taylor out of colorado little undersized but really good athleticism movement skills quickness burst uh three down linebacker can play sideline to sideline with good cover and range uh there at pick 104 the rams selected uh, safety Terrell Burgess out of Utah, only average size and frame, but he's got good athleticism and movement skills, good instincts and play recognition. He's a former cornerback, versatile to play free safety or nickel and become a starter. At pick 105, the Saints select Adam Trapman. They moved up again and they have no picks the rest of the draft. So they checked out and they made moves for, for Bond at the, at the edge position and Trapman. Uh, they even had to go into their stock of picks from next year, but they came away, you know, with their st- potentially new starting center in Cesar Ruiz, uh, Zach Bond and Adam Trapman. 
quite the haul in those three picks to add to a really stacked roster, uh, but, but no picks left the rest of it. Trapman was my number one tight end. I like the size and frame, the athleticism, the movement skills, his physicality and toughness. He showed his willingness at the senior bowl that he could be a good blocker. He could attack the seam. I love his length and ball skills. To me, he's got starter upside. So I, I'm, I'm high on Adam Trapman. I think he can grow into become a very good tight end next level. And then last but not least, the Ravens selected offensive lineman Tyree Phillips from Mississippi State. Good size and frame, average athleticism, movement skills, great play strength, power and toughness with good techniques and great length. He's an ideal for a gap power running scheme, great run blocker. You get upside to develop into a starter, either right tackle or guard. So Matt, any, any final thoughts there on Adam Trapman, uh, to the Saints? Obviously that was a, a little bit of intrigue, uh, right there in that group or Dalton Keene to the Patriots. Uh, no, I mean, I think you said a lot of everything that I would have said, but I think Adam Troutman, it's got to, it's got to intrigue everybody, um, in the fantasy community as well as in the football community because we've seen what Sean Payton can do with an athletic, you know, freak of a tight end. Um, and, and make him functional within his offense and not really have to put the burden of responsibility to do all that much crazy blocking. I do think the leap for Adam Troutman is going to be a little bit more significant. I do think there's going to be some development time, as you pointed out. Um, but I mean, the sky's the limit in terms of this kid. If he can put it together and he can get, and if he can calibrate what he did, you know, at Dayton to something equivalent at the NFL level, we'll watch out because that's the player you want on your rosters for fantasy purposes and for real life purposes in the game of football. He's going to be able to do everything if he can get up to speed at the NFL level. So big, 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 big win for the Saints down there. I think this is going to be a very, very interesting player to track over the course of the next several years. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be really, really fun to to watch and, and kind of see how their plan is. So, guys, there it is, recapping every pick in rounds two and three. Guys, there's a lot of really good players. Tomorrow's going to be one of the more intriguing day threes. You know, the, some of the top guys at the quarterback position, we still haven't seen Jacob Eason or Jake Fromm. I'd expect those to, those two and James Morgan and Jake Luton and Nate Stanley to probably be the five quarterbacks that we definitely see go off the board tomorrow at running back. You're going to see, you know, Benjamin, Michael Pirine, Joshua Kelly, DJ Dallas. Anthony McFarlane, one of our favorites here. Raymond Calise, probably. Jamichael Hasty, a wide receiver. There's still a plethora of guys from Donovan Peoples-Jones, Gabriel Davis, K.J. Hill, Antonio Gandy-Golden, Tyler Johnson, Isaiah Hodges, John Hightower, Courtney Davis, Colin Johnson, Quintus Cephas, Tristan Jackson. The list just keeps going on and on. At tight end, we still got both Bryans, Harrison, and Hunter. We got Albert Okawabinom. We got Colby Parkinson, Bryson Hopkins, Randy Moss's son, Thaddeus, Jared Pinckney. You know, those are all guys that could get drafted, you know, and then there's a, a bunch of other good players at the offensive line and, and defensive players as well. So it's going to be another really fun, exciting day. There's so much more to break down from the first three days of the draft in terms of the fantasy component, which we will we will get to that uh, next week after we just get through this marathon that is the NFL draft, you know, all 255 picks. Matt, any final parting thoughts? I love where the NFL is going. Please, please add more skill position players. Please keep this up-tempo and fast. Please make this what the reality is as we move forward in this game. Speed versus speed, 
coverage in space, one-on-one matchups, creating those those kind of popcorn moments that really see the top 10 of ESPN. Because if this continues in this trend, what we're basically looking is like at one-on-one matchups, right? Everybody's gonna be everybody's gonna be like it's gonna be like it's gonna be like you know the Chicago Bulls and like the New York Knicks in the 1990s. It's like you know it's like gonna be those moments where you have these one-on-one matchups that you're really studying in 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 nauseum, you know. And I think that is just great. And I'm so excited for the NFL where it moves. And now that the quarterbacks are are more mo- oh god, Tua. I didn't even get a chance to talk about that last night because I fell asleep at my laptop, but. <laughs> But Tua, oh man, how could you not? I, I'm, I may have to have a Dolphins jersey. You know, I mean, blasphemy, yes, but I'm such a big Tua fan. From the day he came into Alabama, from the first spring game I saw of him, I really want that kid to succeed. I'm really excited for him. So please, 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 I hope the NFL continues this trajectory. Yeah, absolutely, guys. And if you're liking what we did, we're bringing to you on the podcast, what I've been tweeting out, you know, for every single pick, you know, please get over to the website, ssfootball.com. It is not too late to purchase the premium notebooks. The, the draft projections notebook is the most valuable day of it. It's probably tomorrow. It really is. So you can still get that, uh, you know, tabs for every position, my projections for the, the first round, the first three rounds of the top 106 picks and every pick and then tab by position notes on every player, their combine measurements, you know, any metrics that they were tested on. You get that notebook tonight. I was 90 out of 106 in projecting, you know, the first three rounds in the first round, I was 26 of 32. Uh, we'll see how many I get right out of the total 255. You get the scouting notebook immediately, which has all our scouting profiles, 90 guys or so that are in this year's draft class and then another 20 to 25 that didn't declare. You get the rankings notebook, which has our draft rankings. It has our tiers. It has our Debbie rankings. It'll have our dynasty rookie rankings, you know, up within 24 to 48 hours after the draft as well. And then you get the freshman notebook late in this month as well. Uh, with our thoughts on the top incoming freshmen. So it is the best way to support the show. Uh, so please get over, check it out. So on behalf of Matt, on behalf of our sound tech engineer, David Nicano, and myself, thank you for joining us. And we look forward next time taking you from Saturday to Sunday.